Hello, dear LinkedIn dwellers, customers, um, architects, engineers, anyone who's interested to um, get smooth sailing for their business when it comes to IT. Here we are. My name is Alex. His name is Boris. We're here to help you hopefully have a better day, better year, better life when it comes to IT. And specifically today, we're going to cover um, issues that most of the most, I guess, most um, prevailing IT issues for architecture firms in 2022. I'll tell you how we got to those three. And then we'll tell you, um, Boris will tell you how to how to deal with them, how to fix them, how to not have them. But first, um, Boris, say hello to the fine uh, people out on the Internet. Hi, everyone. Yeah, and uh, thanks for being back with us. Uh, we've taken a little bit of time off, but uh, yeah, we're now back and uh, ready to help you solve your uh, technology and IT issues. 2023 is the first uh, LinkedIn Live. Now, as an IT company that services architecture, design, and engineer firms, okay, we have a database of tens of thousands of tickets that we have served uh, over the last, over 2022, let's call it last year. And uh, we gave one of our interns, um, well, he's more than an intern, a task. Say, hey, can you give us top three issues <clears throat> that uh, that sort of repeat themselves more than anything else in this vast database? What happened then, boys? And then uh, he got the results. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that, that wasn't that smooth. Okay. Let's just, let's just not, let's not just like, okay. So working with data and we have our own thing on chat GPT. That's uh did, did we already, did we publish chat GPT episode? Uh, yeah, I think we did. All right. It's about chat GPT written by chat GPT for architects. That's gonna be kind of cool. Check that out. But anyway, <clears throat> with not having enough credits on chat GPT to upload all the database there, plus security issues, what have you. We've uh, manually gone through the database, calmed it all, resorted. And finally, the intern um, gave us the top three issues. Boris validated. And here we are. Okay. So the three issues are number one issue that most of you are having and uh, want to help with probably is new employee onboarding. Yeah, it only sounds like it's important when you have a new person coming in, but it also means onboarding partners, onboarding um, any you know um, outside um, I guess, project participants and all, so on and so forth. Um, but in, more importantly, I guess, employee onboarding. Second issue you, you, you're having the most often is problems with the remote access, whether it's Wi-Fi or getting into your files. And number three, you guessed it, it's printing plotting, actually. Um, that's that's a big one. In fact, Boris <laughs> and I just, just had that own issue ourselves. I mean, my printer just prints. He's just, my. it's got a mind of, mind of its own. <laughs> Uh, and yours is not even hooked up. Mine is not hooked up, no. That's a shame. But I do have a new printer at the house that is hooked up and is working. And that's why this one is not hooked up and is at the office. There you go. There's always a reason, right? But hey, so we're going to help you address all those. Let's dive right in. Before before we go like deeply into this stuff and actually give you the, the, the solutions or at least um, ways to think about these particular IT problems, how to solve them, please type in your own IT problem. If one of the three we covered is not something you face every day, punch it into the chat, 
let us help you with it, okay? Let us at least talk about it and, and see if we can uh, be of service. But number one, Boris, is new employee onboarding. What is the challenge that you see and how do you recommend people smooth that out? Uh, I think planning is the biggest thing. And we always talk about planning in these, um, you know, in these meetings, in our videos, um, but specifically for bringing new people aboard, um, planning to actually bring them aboard ahead of time, knowing that you're gonna be bringing people aboard, right? Uh, have a position open and somebody's going to come in, whether it's, you know, months from now or two weeks from now, you still kind of have that idea in your head. So you need to have a plan uh, initially and know, um, you know, what, what this person is going to require once they come aboard. And usually they need a computer to work from. Really? They need a set of software that they're going to be using. They need some sort of training on either those specific tools, your architecture tools possibly, uh, or, you know, just training in general on your systems, how does stuff get done, systems and workflows. Um, so planning for all of those things ahead of time and having some sort of checklist that says, okay, we, you know, we're a firm of 20 people, we're bringing on another person. These are all the things that need to happen. Um, is very important. I think that's like the first thing we see um, when we talk to prospects is the problem of onboarding. And a lot of it has to do with planning and um, either them not fully planning properly internally or kind of in celebration with their IT provider, not, not having that plan. Mm. All right. So it's having a checklist for onboarding your employees. We've kind of hammered that point home over, over the years, but that's still the important piece. Um, but what's some of the more, um, well, before we go there, we just made offers to very, we hopefully gifted engineers ourselves. Are we prepared for everything you just discussed? Do we have laptops for them? Do we have a checklist for them? Is it all in line or, or this is going to be a scramble of a lifetime? It's not going to be a scramble because we do have a checklist, mm. which reminds me. Um, I ordered laptops yesterday. I need to check on statuses of those orders. But yeah. But that's a good, right? It's two weeks ahead of time. We just, they just signed their offers. Um, and we should get laptops in time and set them up in time uh, before the engineers get, get to, to, the, to their chairs. Uh, so yeah. to speak and here. For our us, it's easier, uh, a little, maybe a little easier. Although I think some of, you know, some of the issues we had with laptops and delivery um, are kind of, have slowly gone away now, but I mean, it's easier for us because we don't require engineers to have high level hardware in order to do their jobs. For our audience though, you know, for architects and engineers where their people need to do, you know, uh, Revit, CAD, um, and requires additional graphics processing power. Those laptops may not always be as easy to get as you know three four days. So you want to again, kind of plan ahead, knowing that you're going to hire that person, buy that computer. It's not going to. You still know that you're going to hire somebody if it doesn't happen within two weeks or three weeks, within a month or two months. So that computer just being there, it's not going to hurt anybody. Yeah, from the you know from the business owner to business owner to business owners out there or 
you know, um, anyone responsible for any business, it's kind of hard to allocate expense. You always kind of, you always kind of just try to like, you know, put that to do aside, you know, and just, just, you think, oh, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. What happens is you're going to have somebody sitting around for two weeks. If the, if there are delays in, in, um, shipping that computer so yeah, yeah get or, that. or they're or they're going to be using an inferior machine older machine and that's just going to degrade um well a degrade their experience as an employee coming on board with your company um kind of to me you want to show your best foot forward when you bring a new person on so you want them to be fully set up fully ready um and starting that first day with a smile and not having issues. Obviously, there may be some little things here and there, but you want to have all the basics in place. The last thing I'm going to say about this topic is, and unless we have questions in the chat, I don't know. Can you see chat? I'm trying to see if I see it. I don't know if I do. Um, uh, I need to get in. Here. It, it's been like, it's been a, a minute since we've been doing this. But last thing I'm going to say is, look, macroeconomy, right? Macroeconomic events. The unemployment is super low right now. You know, we have to compete for talent. Uh, we have to compete hard for talent. And giving your new person uh, a, you know, a great experience when they start with your company is uh, pretty much essential right now. It's essential always, but it is it is basically um, an absolute must today in this economy. Hold on, let me see. There's some questions on the chat. Um, Boris, can you see the question? Yes, uh, there's actually a few questions. How do I see uh, You go ahead and answer one. I'm going to figure out how to look at those. Man. So uh, Patricia and Lorraine, um, welcome. So uh, how much lead time is ideal for laptop orders? Um, again, I think right now it's gotten a little quicker, but still, you know, you want to plan at least two weeks out. Like if we order something, two weeks out and it's in stock um you know we'd get it one week before and then we can configure and then turn it around and you know 24 to 48 hours but if you have more lead time the more lead time is the better uh that would be the rule of thumb i mean you could probably like for some lower end systems we um uh, we can get it into stock within maybe three four days but that's not always the case. So you still want to have at least two weeks or more um, to get it. Um, and then Patricia made a comment about, um, you know, um, she just ordered, she just ordered monitors, and it took about five seven days to get from C to W. Yeah, so that's kind of what we're seeing. If it's in stock, um, it will, you will probably get it within a week. But a lot of times, again, these not the special machines, um, you know, the workstation level machines um, that we order for designers are not always in stock or that particular model is not always in stock. Like there's a machine, but it doesn't have enough memory or there's a machine and doesn't have enough hard drive space. So um, we want to make sure that more lead time to actually get the proper specs um, so that the new team member can do their work. Yeah, very good. So there's another comment by Patricia. I just ordered. Yeah, okay, we we saw that. Um, all right, let's let's keep let's keep going at it. All I'm going to say, the last thing I'm going to say is, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have to compete on competence right now. Uh, we're competing for talent. 
let's do it right. Let's make sure those onboarding issues are minimized or removed. I think that's a one of the core operational um, uh, challenges for the businesses uh, in this year. Um, all right, let's keep going. Uh, next, uh, and I guess unless and. I just want to ask the audience, if, if you do have specific issues outside of what we're covering, pop them into chat and we'll address them. I, I guarantee you we saw them before, right? Um, and we've sold one or two of them or maybe uh, 200. Anyway, problems with remote access. So can you define this? This is the second one we're touching now. Can you define this? Uh, can you scope this out a little bit and talk about how to address it? Um. I guess, can you, can you repeat that please? Yeah. Please? So, <laughs> sorry. sorry, I'm just, I was, uh, I was thinking about the onboarding and seeing if I wanted to say something else and I completely missed that's it. That's great. No, no, it's, 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 it's very human of you. I like that. <laughs> yeah. I like that. You're humanizing the LinkedIn experience for every one yeah. of us. Also Thank shows you. how much I'm listening to. <laughs> Thank you. No, no, it's fine. It's, it was really, really fine. Cause we kind of shifted fast. Um, uh, but the, the the problem we've identified that most architects have had and we have to deal with is problems with remote access or Wi-Fi issues. Yeah. So let's let's go. I think there's kind of two topics in there, but let's start with remote access. So um, many of the firms that we support uh, still require access to uh, resources on premise because they still store files and some of the host some of the services um, in their office, right, on the servers. Um, a few firms have, or more than a few firms have already migrated to kind of being fully cloud-based, which is great, uh, but some firms still require remote access. And um, I think the way to kind of look at it is twofold. You mentioned Wi-Fi connection issues. So basically a lot of times, um, what happens uh, with remote access problems is some sort of home uh, connectivity issue or issue at a place where they're trying to work from. And most of the time it's work from home. You could also be working from a coffee shop or something like that. And um, in those instances, um, a lot of times it's about making sure that, you know, your home internet is working correctly and is able to accept your connection from your laptop uh, over Wi-Fi. And even though some of your other devices are working fine over Wi-Fi, uh, your work laptop or specifically the remote access methodology that you're using uh, with a remote desktop or VPN um, may not be passing through your modem. So we've seen those a lot over the past um, year just because you know people have older uh, modems at home like Comcast modems or AT&T um, generally, just restarting the modem um, fixes most of these issues. Restarting the modem. So there you have it. <laughs> easy, easy. <laughs> most valuable lesson for today. No, seriously. Um, so when, when some of those things, can you give me some other potential problems? Because I, I know we've taken a lot of calls on this issue. And, you know, obviously people hang up the phone uh, with a solution in place. But what's some of the other things besides restarting your modem? Which is, I don't know, you laugh or not. You're absolutely right. Modem router, man, that's the first thing you do. Um, although as soon as I restart my router at home, I hear like, uh, this, you know, the gr groundhog heads start popping up. 
you know, my, my kids, you know, I was like, what is, internet's not working. Well, the internet's not working. Right. Right, right, right. So yeah. But, but outside of that restarting, what else? What else have you seen? Um, so we, you know, many of our clients um, have issues with accessing remotely uh, because you know the password of the network expired, right? So sometimes we have to make sure that um, when we get a notification about password expiring. Um, when you're sitting on your work computer and you're working and you get a pop-up saying, hey, your password is going to expire in 14 days, please change it. We actually go in and change it because if we forget, then we we'll try to access remotely on the day that the password actually expires, then you're not going to be able to get in. Mm. And you just have to give us a call, we we'll reset your password and you're back on your way. Um, additionally, um, you know, we're, we're putting in, we have special security measures to make sure that for remote access, it's always... Um, authenticated through two-factor authentication. Sometimes there's issues with those apps as well. Yeah. Patricia, we call them interns and it's legal. <laughs> What's the question? <laughs> the question is, wait, unpaid kid child child, child labor for IT works? Uh, yeah, it does. Okay. Um, no, but they're on iPads watching, you know, playing Roblox um, or what have you, whatever the kids do these days. Um, Anyway, so that, that that's good. Uh, please pipe, uh, pipe, type your questions into the chat if you want to get more specific answers, more technical. Hopefully, we don't have to get too technical here because everybody else will get bored, including me. Uh, but um, next, if we can shift, I don't have a good segue for this one, um, except to say that there's one quick break, I'll tell you. Um, we're working through a project right now that requires a bank loan. And one of the things that <laughs> Boris and I we're dealing with today's wet signatures and stuff like that. So I just tell you, like printing issues are real, but this is a hot commodity these days. I mean, I I had no idea to still make them. I was so lucky one of my daughters had one. We needed a whiteout for this one document that you know required wet signatures, wet everything. And and man, am I glad to have this um, in my daughter's drawer? So um, you know, sometimes. Sometimes we need those analog tools um, to do our business and printing is one of them. I guess there may be digital printers, but we need analog outputs out of those devices. So can you tell me what specifically uh, is the major cause of printing plotting issues and how to solve them? Uh, well, I, I, a lot of times, I think most, most printer issues and plotting issues um, are fixed by reinstalling the printer or updating the drivers on a printer. I think most of the issues we've seen across the board last year were because um, either the driver hasn't been kept up to date or um, there are specific conflicts with the newer operating system, but running the older driver. There's also, um, you know, in 2021, Microsoft had this issue called the printing nightmare, which they tried to fix or make, make printing more secure. And that lingered on into 2022 as well, where they broke basically network printing for a lot of people. So we had to deal with that too. It requires some additional registry settings um, to make sure that they get fixed. But um, for many of our clients, it's about aid the drivers. And also um, I think all of them use some sort of accounting software to make sure that any in-house printing or at least plotting uh, gets charged back 
to the project and charge back to the customer. So we've seen a few issues with those accounting uh, software as well, usually working with whoever the provider is uh, for the printer, uh, whether it's Arc, Bayprint, or any other company that provides that printer and plotter, um, helps fix, you know, we work with them to, to get those issues resolved. And sometimes it's reinstalling the software uh, for, for the accounting. Um, sometimes it's basically upgrading the machine that runs the accounting app. Um, so yeah, so those were kind of all major fixes uh, that we've performed, but the biggest one is probably making sure the drivers are up to date. So if someone does not have IT support or, you know, wants to do preventative stuff, is there anything like keeping the drivers updated? I mean, who, like, who thinks about that stuff? I, uh... <laughs> Nobody does. And, you know, in, in our world of automatic updates, we're kind of assuming that they get updated automatically but they don't always. Um, so, you know, the real way to get the printer driver to update is either manually know that you need to update it or it's uninstalling and reinstalling the printer. When you reinstall the printer, Windows tries to look uh, for the new driver on the internet and pull it down. Gotcha. Yeah, um, very, very good. So with that said, those are the top three issues. What have you been facing? Let's, uh, you know, um, let's go ahead and answer your questions. We got a few more minutes here that we're happy to share some knowledge um, and and kind of maybe point you in the right direction, if not give you an outright answer. If it gets too technical. Uh, you can always uh, reach out to us. We're getarchit.com on the internets. And if you just click contact, um, feel free to send us a question. People have been sending us questions. We've been been saying that. It's quite, it's, quite, it's quite great. We're happy to answer and help out. We don't need to be... Um, necessarily talking to you about you know uh full it service we can just help with questions and that's how we do things trying to be helpful so any other issues um those of you who are out there on the live stream if you have any other it issues that you haven't got resolution to or it keeps repeating themselves pop them in the chat we'll give you a minute or two um boris what's the what's the latest oh hold on um we got patricia quick question uh, is VoIP versus cellular connection via the computer? Um, do you need more context? I, I think I need more context on that. Can you, uh, let's see, what's the question? Are we waiting for uh for more? Uh, no, read the question. I I don't for some reason I don't see it. Like oh okay. Uh, sorry, you waiting for me? <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for you because it's weird. Like I saw them before and now they're not refreshing. So I don't know. Like all right. So Patricia you know, said technical company having technical difficulties. That's all. It's just it's not us. It's LinkedIn. Yes. Exactly. Um, <laughs> a quick question is VoIP versus cellular connections via the computer. Some new versus old service desktop, uh, the telephone service through the computer connects to VoIP. I'm not, do you understand the question? Or yeah, so I mean, if we're looking for, um, I guess, I mean, I, I, I'm gonna use my own interpretation of this question and then Patricia, you can let us know if you need more details or take a different direction. I, I guess what I'm thinking of is 
Um, you want to know, you know, should we be using cell phones or is it better to continue just using cell phones as opposed to wave phone system uh, for business? Mm. Um, that So to me, right, like we have a wave phone system. Um, we use Microsoft Teams as our uh, wave phone system. So basically any calls come into Microsoft Teams and then um, they get routed to appropriate people. Um, so the people can pick it up either on their computer. They can also have an app on their phone, the Microsoft Teams app on their phone, or they can, you know, on their mobile phone, mobile device. So they can use it as a cell phone, kind of, but it goes over voice over IP, doesn't count their minutes, just their data. And also it, um, it shows you when a business call comes in, right? It's a separate app that rings. So it's different than just getting, forwarding a business call to your uh, mobile phone. It's actually the app that rings on your mobile phone. Um, and then the, the last piece that some people still want is you can have a physical um, physical phone device, either from Polycom or somebody else or Cisco uh, connected to that phone system as well. Does Microsoft Teams uh does does microsoft team has the routing technology on the back end of it yep. like you can record a message and you can send is yeah. it multi-line how does that work as far as number of lines is it kind of like unlimited lines or what if like six people call at the same time how does that work well so basically i mean your standard features are caller id call waiting voicemail voicemail to email right so it would be just like your any basic phone system and um the way it works is each individual who needs to have an extension gets a license and basically they have a direct number that they can be dialed into uh, from outside or um, we can have the call routed so if somebody calls the main number then you can have like a company directory and the call gets routed gotcha but each person needs to have a license correct absolutely is it the office license or it's a Teams license? Team license different? It's a separate uh, Teams voice license. So, uh -huh. yes. And what is the cost about, of something like that? It's about 20 bucks a month. Per? Yes. Per extension? Mm -hmm. Just for the voice feature of the, of the app? Yeah. Gotcha. And it rings on, can it ring on a physical phone or it just, it, it needs a mobile phone, needs an app? So yes, it can ring on a physical phone. So you can buy like a Polycom device that's about 120, 130 bucks. And it can be configured to uh, work with the team's voice. Wow, I think I'm very interested in that for my own purposes for this other business I have because can you currently use AT&T VoIP and that's a that's expensive nightmare. <laughs> um just <laughs> configuring settings is just un un unreal I, I, it's just I, I don't understand how how they do how, how they manage to make it so complicated uh, but i guess it's software update on top of software update on top of software update on top of software update since 1960 right right basically the at is they kind of club together multiple solutions and then they put on top of it, they put like a user interface, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's really slow. Just, just the management interface of it is so slow. Like we, I've, we've had customers who used them before. So yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. 
And, and it's just getting, yes, very slow getting set up. And I'm not knocking AT. Actually, AT&T has gotten better. I don't know what you guys think about AT&T, and it's not the subject of the podcast, but I'm actually quite impressed with how they've leveled out as far as customer service. Like, they're not Comcast level. I think they're above, but it's still utility. So, you know, what you know, what do you expect? So, actually, I'm very interested in Teams. I'm wondering, do a lot of our customers actually run Teams uh, VoIP systems or people are kind of you know, on, on different systems. What's the, so, mo- what's the most common one people use? Um, for our customers. So we have four customers on teams and there, we still have few customers that still use the older analog phone systems. You know, the big things that sit uh, in the office. Uh, what big thing? Well, the analog phone system, if you remember, well, I don't know if you've ever had one, in some office that you were part of, but yeah, it's like this thing that takes up the whole wall and it's made of multiple modules. And then, yeah, you have like wires coming out and, and so on. It's like a box, right? It's like a box with all yeah, of the, it's, it's a big box. Oh, I have that. Okay. I have that at the oh, shop. There you go. Yeah. There you go. That's <laughs> it. So I'm using that. Yes. <laughs> well, I don't know if you're using it because your AT&T phone system is supposed to be so, oh, I'm not using it. Right. It's just there. Right. No, no, it's VoIP. It is VoIP. Um, so now what is, in your opinion, I know we're shifting gears a little bit, but, but I think if we can leave with some sage advice on the phone systems, that'd be great because people don't think about it, but it's important. People still want to talk to other people uh, and your employees need access to business phone. They don't want to use their cell phones, you know, specifically their plans. Um, um, anyway, so what, what is your recommended phone service? Well, we companies have, 20, 20 to 25, 30 people. We have a few there. options. Um, I think if you are a Microsoft shop and you're already using Teams for a lot of other functionality and using you know, the Microsoft Office 365, having your phone system integrate with the tool that you're already using is you know, basically, like that would be my recommendation, right? Because it just makes things so much easier and it's an interface that people already use to. So it works um, pretty good, huh? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's basically, right, so Microsoft bought Skype, then they had Skype for business, and then they made it into Teams, right? So this is Skype technology uh, on the back end of it. Uh, bundling at its best. Yes, bundling at its best. Um, and then, so for others, and we we also a reseller of a system called 8x8, which is a little less expensive. I think it runs about 15 bucks a month. I mean, not a huge difference, but for somebody it could be. Uh, and that's also pretty good. So if you're not Microsoft integrated, um, you can be using that system and it has very much the same features. Um, everything we just talked about, phone routing, you know, caller ID, call waiting, um, voicemail to email. Um, yeah, so. Multiple extensions? Multiple extensions. Yeah, everything that we talked about with Teams, these guys do as well. And, and how much is the, uh, is there a particular hardware you recommend? Because that's kind of running into issues with a physical hardware. Like I want to have physical phone. I don't want people answering their cell phones. Yeah. Look at, look at Polycom. Uh, so Polycom, PVX. I, honestly, I don't remember the models off the top of my head, but it was like two, I think there are two 11s and those are kind of the low end two line phones, which should be pretty good for just your regular application. Hmm. All right, cool. Well, that was that was great. Um, thanks, Patricia. Appreciate your time. Uh, thank you for joining us. And uh, those of you who stuck around, we love you. We appreciate you. Thank you very much. Those of you who watch the recording, 
Thank you very much. Hopefully this helped you out. If it didn't, go to getarchit.com and click contact or work with us. I think that's what we call it. Submit your question, complaint, feedback, um, and let us help you out or otherwise at least get some feedback on what you, you know, if you find this useful. Any parting words of wisdom, Boris? I uh, just enjoy the day. Let's enjoy the day. Make it productive. Have a fantastic rest of your Wednesday. Thank you very much for watching. We will see you next time. See y'all.